0: us to know you to have a mind to praise you to have a desire to praise you and a boldness to speak boldly for your cause and for your sake lord and we thank you to open up the bread of life feed us father feed us with that hidden manna that lasts overnight for many many days thank you for it lord in jesus name amen praise god amen 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 So last Sunday we uh, started speaking about uh, the fact that the Spirit is willing, but (laughs) we can fill in the blanks for sure, but uh, we're talking about how to watch as well as pray uh, in situations in life and uh, just as believers, uh, we should never get... uh, too comfortable, uh, thinking that the enemy cannot tempt us, or thinking that the enemy is so far away, and and uh, all of these things. Sometimes we we say we're believing by faith, but we have no foundation to just take that because the Bible does tell us that we wrestle against the forces of darkness. Uh, our our enemies are not flesh and blood, but there are spiritual forces working at, behind human flesh uh, to uh, thwart the plan. And so we need to be wise in these things. So in Matthew 26 we were uh, going through that uh, where Jesus was in the garden praying and uh, this was a very crucial time for him, uh, time for him to really stay focused on the will of the Father uh, so that he could complete his ministry and his mission, his earthly mission. Uh, he was a missionary to the earth for people who (laughs) don't understand uh, mission activities and uh, you know we want to identify with all the ministries of Jesus he was an apostle to the earth he was a sent one here he was a prophet as well because he spoke the authority from that office the word of God and so he fulfilled all of those offices and as such he had to complete his mission Uh, missionaries Uh, Always go with a mission in mind They have something in mind that they are going to accomplish and they stay focused on that mission that's very very important Uh, there's enough evidence to show that missionaries over the centuries uh, lost focus um, got involved in slave trade some of them got involved in actual stealing selling land and property from the native people and so to stay focused there is a watch and there is an intercession that needs to be done. I think if that were done consistently sometimes the Christian missionaries and Christian movements would have a better reputation uh, than they have in the earth sometimes. Uh, one of the the big missionary uh, um, failures well there are many of them uh, Hawaii is a, a prime example of missionary manipulation of a whole race of people a whole island of people and a whole land. Uh, the only way to settle that was where was for the United States to take possession of that and free those people up uh, to be be people who and they're still misgiving about that There's still hard feeling on the part of the native hawaiian people about the way that that country was settled and it was opened up by missionaries so it's very very important folks to stay focused on what god has given us to do and not be tempted not be distracted so that's one example of how the people who were involved in the work of god got off their watch They stepped off of the watch that they were to keep over their souls and over their hearts, over their motives. Stay focused on winning the loss to Christ. Stay focused on setting up churches. Uh, winning more souls uh, putting native people in charge of their own flocks that kind of thing we finally gotten smart in that way instead of continually sending new missionaries over to begin to disciple the people there and to raise up pastors and leaders in those native areas so that that work can go on so we've gotten a lot smarter over the years that's one one benefit of watching and praying that we get wisdom from god for the next step in how to to accomplish these things and so in the garden jesus finds that as the missionary to the world he is in need of prayer and he is in need of watching on the part of the disciples so he takes peter and uh the uh uh, the sons of thunder i forget their names now in this short brief moment was it james and john (laughs) yeah okay james and john And so they went up to pray And uh, in verse 38 in Matthew 26. Then he said to them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Wait here and watch with me. So when a person is burdened in their soul, they need help. Amen. They need help. We all or have been there. We've all had uh situations that kind of overwhelmed us. Now Jesus goes to his father for help, but he also would need natural help. These uh uh the uh, Roman guards are coming to arrest him, uh, led by the Pharisees. The whole world is against him at this point. The religious world and the secular world, and so Jesus has to confront the sin of the world, whether it's religious, secular, whatever, and He's going to have to lay His life down to save these people who are coming to do Him harm. It takes a lot of strength, folks. Know about you, and I know about me. <laughs> you know what I'd I be wanting to do? You know, say hello to my little friend. Three, five, seven you got me and escape the best way you can but you, you need prayer in these situations. So he says, uh, tarry with me and watch with me. And he went a little farther, verse 39, fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou wilt. So this prayer is more of a confession of his weakness to the Father. It's not that he doesn't want to obey the Father. But if you want to obey God, if there's weakness standing between you and obedience, that needs to be confessed. See, the only way it gets taken care of, it gets confessed. And so if Jesus did it, we do it. You got me? Don't ever try to hide. Because what happens is that insecurity is carried with you to the next place. And it will come back and bite you when you are not wanting it to. So it will manifest in some way. This is how the enemy traps us and tricks us. And so he came to the disciples, verse 40, and found them asleep and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Huh? And so he said, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing. We talked about your spirit man, your born again spirit being uh, 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 constructed in the image of god and being born of the word of god so your spirit man is always going to do the will of god it's whether or not you allow him to take the lead in your life and whether or not you allow him to dominate your life it it will will determine the the uh, um, results that you get in these situations do you, are you led by the spirit and trust your human born again spirit to do the will of god your spirit is always willing to do the will of god it's the flesh that is weak we say weak, it's weak as far as not being as strong as your spirit. But many times we can be deceived by the weakness of the flesh and think we can't control it because it seems to uh, have such a an effect on us to want to dominate things. And so many times flesh is stubborn. It, it kind of wants to resist the word of God. It doesn't want to yield. It want, doesn't want to <coughs> cave into that. And so the spirit then is is willing to do the will of God, but he needs to be built up to the level where he can overcome that thing in your flesh that's fighting it. Uh, don't ever be deceived into thinking you got it all together, because this is what Peter was was saying. Uh, and so uh, it, he had talked to Jesus, and, and uh, prior to this, and Jesus was telling them, prophesying to him about his death and his last hours, and and. Uh, Uh, Peter was saying Lord I'll never deny you and you know even if you they kill you they got to kill me too and of course we know Peter (laughs) denied him and so he was speaking really from his spirit the desire of his heart was to go with the Lord but the flesh wasn't going to let him because as yet the flesh was not uh, converted to the point or or subdued to the point where his spirit would rise up and, and take control and take charge the way it needed to so we talked about the fact that we're not superman Even though sometimes your spirit man can have that strength, you know, and have that strength in God and feel like it can just overcome anything. And so, but you have to be watchful over your flesh because your flesh will jump right back up there and try to gain control. And this is the war we talk about in Romans 8. Paul goes into great detail about it. The thing that I would do, I can't. I fail to do it. The thing I don't want to do, I do that anyway. You know, and there's a body of death that we carry around. You know, he talks about who can deliver me from the body of this death. You know, there's this carcass thing that we carry with us. It doesn't have any power. It's already dead, but somehow it gets poked and it springs to life. It's like the the last gasp of a, a dying person. You know, it has a lot of last gasps. And especially if we feed it. It'll it'll have more, uh, tend to take on more control. And this is all Jesus is making them aware of. You know, watch as well as pray. That, you know, don't think you so cool that the devil can't trick you again. He can't deceive you again. All you have to do is want something bad enough. Mm-hmm. Amen. You all know, that's all. You just have to let your wants get grab a hold of you. Some people have never crucified their wants. You know, I find that out the longer I live for God. I think to myself, I said, well, Lord, and there are some wants that aren't treacherous, but then there are some that are. And the ones that aren't can get to grow to be that to that point. You know, if, if we don't watch ourselves. I was thinking about how easy it is now to to get things delivered to your house free shipping (laughs) you know (laughs) it's like every other day something's coming and and sometimes i can tell the people in the house will start looking at me funny you got something else coming i said oh it's it's for the lord it is of the lord that i do these things (laughs) you know what i'm saying i mean some of it's for (laughs) for the ministry excuse me not everything is, but you know, we we working on it. All right, folks, we working on it. But it's so easy. And and I noticed I I used to love the Food Network, and they started putting like goofy stuff on their reruns, and I got bored looking at it, so I turned that off. And noticed I was back at HSN and QVC more. And I said, now this this is, this right here is a devil. Now I've seen this critter before. You know, I mean, <laughs> you just think you're you 're having a pleasant time looking at stuff pretty soon you went online and, and looked for something else so it's it 's good to keep in mind and set yourself on some kind of either a budget, a schedule, or just turn the stupid television off and read your Bible. You understand what i 'm saying you need to fast from some of these things because they can easily get a grip on you first place the enemy tries he'll tantalize your eyes is always the the openings to your soul that he works through lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and pride of life i used to uh to think that you know some things well i'll just wait uh wait and wait and and then i started getting older i said no wait a minute what am i waiting on uh-uh. if not now when <laughs> if not me who <laughs> That's right. <laughs> i don't know where that is in the word but i pulled it out anyway. pulled it out anyway and some things is kind of kind of foolish to, you can't wait around forever you know what are you y'all, y'all gonna do throw them in my coffin or something no 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 <laughs> we shall have these things but you know in moderation You know, it's not that God wants to starve us from the enjoyment. We have eyes and ears and all of that stuff for a purpose. And that is so that we can enjoy our surroundings. I've found sometimes that just rearranging things puts a different... What's a different aspect on your, you know, my mother used to, uh, used to get depressed and pretty soon we'd all be up pushing furniture around, you know, and it's rearranging our small little four, four room apartment. And, uh, you know, then she was not so depressed anymore. She just put herself to work and kept herself busy. And so these things are, are important to understand how to get control over the impulses of the flesh. You know, whatever you do uh, to gain control. whatever. Uh, let me say this also. Never be resentful for having to exercise self-control that's one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and we should not be resentful about things I know sometimes people feel they have to put off things because they can't afford them bless you you know at a particular time and that lust never is driven out of them it just is pushed down by their human will and so their their mind will start to uh, torment them by telling them, uh, well, just wait until we get enough money to do this, that. And see, that's wrong. Yeah. That's very wrong. Because what will happen is that you will... Uh, find yourself trying to feed that lust with the first amount of money that comes in and then you'll find yourself getting in debt with that because if it's lust driven it's going to lead you into poverty it'll lead you into debt so you don't put off you can have things all the bible says to make your request known to me is what god says and then his peace will settle in on you and that drives that lust and that drivenness out of you you got me? His fruit will drive all that wicked part of it out of you. So that when you do get financially, get a financial increase, then you can be wise in how you, you can keep it on its assignment. You can have a schedule. You can get increase and you can, uh, can grow from that. Uh, there are many people that have been very frugal in life and to the excess to the extreme you know who hasn't heard of the a story about the person that ate at a shelter every day and when they they passed away, somebody went through the apartment, found all these uncashed social security checks that they just stored up over and over and over again so there 's a there 's a balance to these things, folks, but all i 'm saying is when when lust is driving, it will continue to drive if you don 't drive it out you 've got to kill that thing. And you've got to kill it with, with obedience to God's word. The Lord says that if you desire something through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to me. Don't ever have requests, desires that you hide from God. Because they will turn into your enemy. They'll never be your friend. If you want something, ask God for it. And he says, my peace will come upon you. I'll, I'll let you know, I heard that, I got that, and I'm preparing it for you and it's on the way. So that you're not sitting there waiting, wishing, hoping, boy, wait till I get my hands. If I can just get my hands on somebody. And most people who live like that are, are very uh, unhappy with their life. They don't have any joy because what they're doing is they're waiting to be happy. while we're in lack we're going to act like we're in lack we're going to be discouraged we're going to be disappointed we're going to be angry we get mad at god we get mad at people we're jealous of people who prosper we're jealous of people at the church because they've got everything we don't have anything and they're just waiting to make fun of us you understand what i'm saying The devil will drive you crazy with nonsense because of lust and not really making that that's a that's a it's a simple thing to do to get that devil off of you It's just tell god about it god i really would like to have some new furniture you know not that i would <laughs> i'm one of the people i keep furniture for years anybody who looks at my furniture tell you still got that yes and you understand what i'm saying because there are certain things that i'm just not going to we don't do over you got me i do them once and that's enough and i know how to make it look like it just came in there you know not too long ago so i that's just a personal thing that i have to make myself not spend money on things that are very expensive i don't want to keep buying furniture i got too many Things I can buy for God. You know, God's people. You know, I, I made a covenant with, with God about certain things that we would do as a ministry. That that when people in the ministry uh, are struggling, they know they can get help here. You understand what I'm saying? You can't, what, what are you going to do? You're going to let people come only if they got a job and all this? This is nonsense. And so... <clears throat> There are too many things that I can do with money that are really going to make a difference to people and really going to help people. The kids, we got kids in college now. You know, they used to be uh, little toddlers, but they grow up. So what are you going to do? You send them off with a, a goodie bag. You send them off with clothes if you can. You send them off with these things because we are to support those, a household of faith. You know, and if I'm trying to take everything that comes in here and buy me new furniture. But, you know, I got to have a limo take me here. It's nonsense. Nonsense. To me, it's nonsense. Even down to my personal things. And all them shoes, I'm working on them. All right? (laughs) I heard that but you know what i'm saying but but it's just one of those things you have to think in these terms folks it's it's a big picture here and so when you understand the big picture and that'll keep lust out of you it really will because you know if you're you're running around pouting because you don't have certain things come on now let's grow up folks your daddy's rich you ask your daddy for what you need and get his peace about it and don't run around here in a bad mood and you know coveting everything and jealous of everybody you can't afford to do that that's too much that's too much gunk in your system and those things will be snares to you those things will trip you up when you least suspect that the devil's tripping you he's got you so we we need to do that So we are to watch that our flesh not be persuaded to give in to temptation. Persuading your flesh. Eyes, ears, all senses are gates for temptation. So that's what we watch. We watch that we're not feasting too much on certain things. We're not meditating too much on certain things that that tantalize the flesh. Tempting situations are often set up by the enemy. But the thing of it is God's mercy is always abounding toward us so that we can can think before we move. You got me? So it's like the enemy leads us, but like a step by step. So at every step you get a chance to think. And to bring God in and to ask God and to look for his leading. If you get a, a sense in your spirit, you get an irritation in your spirit. Nah, don't do that. Then you don't do it. You got me? And so, and so you don't take that next step into the temptation of the enemy I can remember when I I first was saved so many people that I thought were my friends I couldn't get a hold of and years later I realized that was God separating me he said I moved you from that kingdom over into mine how could those people get a hold of you you got me and so it's one of those things where you have to understand the great great mercy and the grace of God to walk in the newness see you, you have a path that you can walk in where his fruit sustains you and the joy of God and, and the peace of God sustains you so God gives us so many opportunities to resist temptation you know he's just faithful that way he comes to our aid and our rescue so in 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 uh, resisting that and keeping your watch and, and keeping steady in God and watching and praying your prayer should be things that will bring strength into your life you got me? You you need the strength of God to resist the enemy <clears throat> and that and and you need to understand also that your watch is not always a natural watch. Now you may you may see natural things, but you watch it from a different perspective. In Habakkuk two one it says God will set us in a tower. That's our, our scripture for our our ministry. I'll read it to you again. To uh, Habakkuk 2.1 I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. Now we don't set ourselves there. God does. You humble yourself to the Lord and he raises you up with him and you're seated with him in heavenly places. So you actually see things the way God sees them. So the devil's not big and overwhelming, he little. And the, the way you know it is that you're seeing it from a spiritual perspective. Now you may look at something in the natural, and when you look at that, you need to go within and check within for the the evaluation of the Holy Spirit in things. See, you don't you don't just let your flesh get engaged in that and get all excited and all upset. And you can train yourself. To respond appropriately, to respond spiritually in things. You know, I can remember uh, there was somebody, I think it was Jeremiah, my nephew. He had spent some time in prison, I don't know how much time, but when he was a teenager, he just started doing goofy stuff. I mean, stupid. It wasn't like he was you know out robbing making money or something you know this was like setting off fire alarms in school and you know little dumb stuff finally got him a record and got him with some time in jail but he when he would write to us he was serving God and he had found the Lord and he sounded serious about the Lord and he's been been walking with the Lord since that time but I I asked him one time I said um I said, uh, I said, well, what made you change? I said, you know. He said, oh, you know, uh, there was a guy in there. He was a minister, and he used to have a Bible study. And uh, I said, well, was he spirit filled? Yeah, he's spirit filled. He said, because he would take authority over. He said, uh, he said he'd see a fly running, uh, flying across the room, say, "Loose him in the name of Jesus." (laughs) He cast flies out. He cast everything out. Amen. (laughs) But, but i began to understand what he was saying this man was training himself to stay spiritually alert because when you're in prison there's a lot of everybody's a potential threat to you i guess and if you can't discern in the lord you'll be on pins and needles the whole time you won't survive it and so I began to take that to heart and I said, well, that's kind of interesting. So when I would see uh, something out of place in my house, I'd take authority or I'd, I'd examine it before God and that kind of stuff. And it's good training for us because in Habakkuk two 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 it says the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain. Yeah. So you write down what God shows you and make it plain. You don't evaluate things from a natural perspective. I see people that want to start prayer in different places and they're always alarmed about something. Well, I don't go to alarm prayer meetings because what it's going to be is a lot of people who are alarmed coming, complaining, giving speeches. Wanting to raise an offering or something like that. And then the prayer never happens. And so you have to get your vision from God and your answer from God. The word always works in every situation. I don't care what situation you're in. You apply the word of God to that problem. And the problem's there no longer. You just begin to prophesy into that thing and declare the word of the Lord. And make that thing change and line up with God's word. And so in these situations where we are tempted, we have to evaluate them according to God's spirit, according to what God gives you, There may be times where God tells you to do nothing different. Just continue doing what you're doing. So hopefully you're a person of prayer to begin with. If you're not a person of prayer, he will give you what word to pray and how to get understanding of where his answer is. So that's where your strength comes from. It comes in your answer that comes from God and it comes from the word of God. So in Psalm 23, 3. We have the answer for strength, the primary answer for strength. And this is a scripture that I use a lot. I, I use it uh, with, with uh, uh, people I, when I send out birthday cards every month. I send them out. Uh, to <clears throat> to uh, encourage people to stay with the Lord uh, I sent Psalm 23 1 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want that kind of answers everything you shall not lack anything if you need healing it'll follow him if you need uh, finances follow him if you need companionship follow him you shall not lack or want anything but in Psalm 23.3, it says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Mm-hmm. For his namesake. In other words, he's got a lot invested in leading you. See, Not just for you, because if it's for you, you may not want to be righteous today. You know what I'm saying? It may not be on the top of your list. But he does it for him. For the sake of his name, his reputation, he's got people to take care of down here. So he leads you away from temptation and leads you in the path of righteousness. In avoiding trial, you really need the leading of God and God always leads in a path of wisdom. He'll tell you the right thing to do. Wisdom really reveals the mind of God there's not much stronger that you'll get than the mind of God. And we need to hold on to that wisdom and think like God thinks all the time. We need to be borrowing ideas from God on a continual basis. Sometimes all you might need to do is just still yourself before the Lord. You know, just get quiet for a little bit and give Him a chance to Uh, speak to you to calm your mind down you know and, and give you peace of mind so that he can speak into that realm of peace it's real hard for him to talk to nervous people it's real hard for anybody to talk to nervous people you know they get jumping around and carrying on whether they're nervous excited or whatever peace will will generally help to get you instruction, to help you get everything if you can just stay calm and peaceful before um, before the Lord. He can talk to you. Uh, he can minister to you. He can help you maintain that peace. Peace is always his bond with us. We have a covenant of peace with God. Which means that he has guaranteed us that when he speaks to us it will lead to peace. That covenant, that's what it means to have a covenant of peace. When God speaks to you, it's peaceful. Yes. And James says the wisdom that is from above is first of all peaceable. Yes. I don't care if it's not the news you expected it to be. Amen. Or if it's not something that's going to tantalize you right now. It's a, There's a settling in of it it settles in on you it's the uh the omega word it's the final word on something and so that nails it and settles settles it in And after a while, you start to accept it. You don't continue to fight that. You can't fight the peace of God. You know, it passes all understanding how it works, but you just can't fight it. So, in avoiding trial, and we need wisdom. We said that. And what you need to know about wisdom is that it is so available to us. It's not a hard thing to get. You know, people sometimes make spiritual things and the things of God like it's a big difficult thing but the bible says he gives it to us liberally doesn't upbraid us for asking for it but in in proverbs 8 verse 1 it says does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice and he says she stands in the tops of high places by the way of places of paths in other words when you walk out that door wisdom is is hollering at you Mm -hmm. When you drive down the street, if you have to come to an intersection, wisdom hollers at you. You know, tells you, ah, stop it. Don't go over there. Go this way. Don't go that way. You got me? She stands at the tops of high places in the ways of places of paths. She cries at the gates at the entry of the city, at the coming in, at the doors. Everywhere you go, before if there's a threshold or a decision to make and entering in something that's going to commit you to something, wisdom is there to speak to you, to tell you yes or no which way to go. Mm-hmm. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O ye simple, understand wisdom. That's one way to get smart, real quick. And ye fools be of an understanding heart. So wisdom is able to convert you from being foolish, immature, whatever, unlearned, to being wise. Hmm? Here and I will speak of excellent things. That's the way you know wisdom. It speaks of excellent things. Not something that's going to be a compromise. Something that's going to be halfway but wisdom speaks excellent things like when god says i'm going to use you to bring life and hope to multitudes of people you know that's an excellent thing that's too high for us to conceive on our own so it's got to be done by the the spirit of god and by the will of god that's a god thought right there you know what i mean And so in multitudes, God will send you to multitudes, but it might be one person at a time. You got me? So wisdom then is able to help you sort through the finer points. Because see, when you say multitudes, everybody thinks a big crowd. They think Joyce Meyer, Benny Hinn, something like that. But you can speak to a multitude of people. through, (laughs) Just like the Bible says, greater works. Jesus said, greater works you'll do. And we think, well, what's greater than raising the dead? uh, Bringing life to people that you witness to. But when he said greater, that word greater means greater in number than he did. He only ministered for three years. We've been around for 2,000 and many of us. So that's the greater work. Greater in number work. You got me? And so these are things that, that wisdom will get you to understand what they mean because we think of that scripture and many people don't believe it and don't embrace it because they don't think that's that's what that means greater you know what's greater than Jesus or you get convicted trying to think of yourself as being greater than him but the fact that Jesus gave his life a ransom for many And God's mission through us is to raise up many sons and daughters of God to do greater in number works throughout the ages. His work will last throughout the ages. They've been able to kill everybody and everything but not the gospel. There are devils and kingdoms that have come and gone. Dictators have been raised up. Hitler's come and gone. But the gospel still remains. And so it keeps, it's greater. You got me. It's a greater thing. It's proven itself to be greater. Even through the, the dark ages where there was no evangelism. There was no preaching of the gospel. You know, the people who love God hid away in, in monasteries, but they still carried the word of God. They, copied the scriptures. They made sure that word was transferred from generation to generation. So these things are greater in their impact. They're greater in their uh, availability to people. Look at how now the word of God is spread through television and radio and internet. And all of these places. These are greater things than was able to be done when Jesus walked the earth. So he says here and I'll speak of excellent things. At the opening of my lips shall be right things so whatever the wisdom of God tells you to do it's right I don't care if it sounds wrong it's always going to sound wrong to your carnal man because your carnal man already has a plan and a way to do everything so this is going to interrupt his plan it's going to interrupt your normal flow of doing things all the words of my mouth are righteous there is nothing perverse in them. There's nothing twisted here. So you can trust wisdom. Verse 10. Receive my instruction and not silver. And knowledge rather than choice gold. I'd rather be wise with a little bit than a fool with much riches. Because you won't keep it long. Somebody will come along with wisdom or slick wisdom. huh? And slick you right out of it. I was watching this uh uh American greed, you know. It's the only thing worth watching on some of them <laughs> them news channels, C N B C and all of liberal channels. But uh it's amazing to me how you can take intelligent people that work hard all their lives and and have you know put away 401ks that survived you know the crash, and they still have money in them, and then they take it and give it to somebody who tells them something stupid like, now you just survived the crash. Somebody comes and tells you they can make you 20 uh, percent. Uh, you know it, they'll they'll give you twenty thousand dollars in two months. You know, it's it's amazing. But there's a lady that emptied out her whole, it was like, you know, six figures, like high six figures, like over $500,000. Gave it all to this one individual. Well, at first he did pay her, you know, just to get her comfortable. But then after a while, there was no payments coming. Now she's suing and all this. That money's never coming back. Never coming back. They never find it because it's all spent. And so these are things that, that wisdom will tell you are not right. God will tell you. But if you've got greed in your heart, the devil knows how to find you. He knows how to find you when there's lust involved. So wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. In verse 14 is where I really want to go. Counsel is mine and strong sound wisdom. I am understanding and strength. So with wisdom comes counsel, understanding and strength. In other words, God, the voice of wisdom will speak to you in such a way that it counsels you. In other words, it will answer all of your questions about why you should do things this way. See, God's not afraid to convince us that his way is the right way. So wisdom will not tell you, well, just do it and don't question me. Mm -hmm. Wisdom will counsel you and give you understanding... Of how and why you should do these things. You know, your children, when they're really small, some of them are able to understand. You don't have to just give them a do's and a don'ts list. You know, I mean, you do that. But at some point, they can be counseled and, and given to understand the why of things. Because you'll notice when they talk to you, that's the first thing, Why? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Why, 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 why? They want to understand. That's a quest for understanding. That's not disrespect. So we need to, to know the difference. And so, if we'll, we'll understand that. And wisdom, uh, has counsel with it. Wisdom can help you make sense of things. And it says, He's, uh, counsel is my sound wisdom. I'm understanding. I have strength. So in wisdom, there is strength. In ignorance, there's weakness. And in foolishness there's weakness. Now foolishness is what happens when you refuse the voice of wisdom. You know? Just refuse it. You know, they, they had people in, in old countries that were uh, the fool of the country. The village idiot. They would just get up and do anything for attention. And that's still a spirit that hovers over people. They'll do anything for attention. They, they'll refuse the counsel of the wise. They refuse the voice of wisdom because it's foreign to them. They don't, they don't trust it. So you have to learn how to trust wisdom. But God says, I have counsel. So counsel helps you trust wisdom. Because it helps you appreciate that it's going to be right for you. It's going to be good for you. And, and you can trust it. And he says, by me, by me kings reign, princes decree justice. And they rule. So, and wisdom says, I'll reciprocate. If you love me, I love you. Verse 17. And so, and it says, riches and honor with me. So eventually wisdom will get you the things that you need, but you got to get wisdom first. You can't choose material things over wisdom because you won't, it's not in the right order. So God does have an order to things. He wants us to trust in the voice of wisdom. Wisdom is a voice because it's a spirit. And so you need to understand that God will put that spirit in a lot of different people just to see if you'll trust wisdom and not people. You got me? It's, it's, a big it's big because god will will you'll find that in your life god will have different people placed in your life that will have his voice will have the voice of wisdom that can help you once you're on the path of righteousness and god's invested wisdom in you he protects that wisdom by bringing other people in your life with that same voice that can speak that to you and you can appreciate that and you can incorporate it into your thinking. People who love wisdom will ask questions and seek knowledge and seek understanding. They're not ashamed to appear to be ignorant. They're not ashamed of their lack of knowledge. They, like Mary, will sit at the feet of the master, so that they can gain that knowledge from being around them. And you'll find that God will reinvest in you over and over and over again as long as you're willing to listen. So, uh, And wisdom can be tested and tried through difficult things, through temptation. Uh, People who know wisdom and stay with wisdom will wait for wisdom to come to them before they make a move. And that takes a lot of discipline. A lot of discipline you'll see, uh, for instance, you'll see kids do well up until high school, and then when they go away from home, you know, they what we call get stupid. You know, they'll listen to some a peer pressure that never used to bother them, now bothers them. Why? Because there's another voice that's come in, replace the voice of wisdom. They don't know that wisdom in them is being tested now. See, it's fine when you're around family and you've got a controlled kind of environment. Now you're released out into the world. What are you going to do? Are you going to still hold on to God and, and wait for wisdom to come to you and seek wise people? Or are you going to go along with the crowd and want to party every night and all that kind of nonsense not do your homework, whatever, whatever. And so wisdom will be tested, but if you will stand fast and wait for the voice of wisdom, it'll come to you. That's why a lot of religious organizations will set up chaplaincy programs and organizations for young people in college to bring wisdom to them. To keep the wisdom of God in their lives because they have so many important decisions to make at that time in their life. There's no time for, for you to get away from your parents and the wisdom that's kept you going. You need that. Uh, it, because really, when you think about what happens in college, people get indoctrinated by different you know philosophies, you know, liberalism, humanism, all that stuff. You get indoctrinated, so you've got to hold on to wisdom. There's got to be something there to counter that so that your child will remain wise <clears throat> and will increase in wisdom and so many times if there's a professor there somebody there that they can trust and and that you know they can share and and that will build on that foundation that they have God will place somebody there if they'll seek them out and so it's it's just good to know that, that they can have that they're not totally lost God will send somebody to them to speak on his behalf so strength comes with wisdom always comes with wisdom because we're talking about spiritual strength, we're not talking about physical strength. We're talking about spiritual, and Proverbs twenty four five says, "A wise man is strong. A man of knowledge increases strength." And in verse six, by wise counsel you shall make your war, and in a multitude of counselors there safety. So, by wise counsel, you make your war. In other words, by wise counsel, you win your war. So, if you think about it, as believers down here in this earth, we're in a warfare. Then you need wise counsel. You need people of like precious faith. You don't need everybody in the church talking religious nonsense to you and nobody ever. Able to give you the word of God and to help you get to the next step and next level, you need a multitude of counselors around you. You need a multitude of wisdom around you. You know, you may have people who have certain backgrounds and their wisdom is in that vein or that flow of knowledge that they've mastered in their life. That's one area that's covered. Then, but you need help in this area over here too, and so you have a multitude of counselors. For instance, in, in with our military, we have so many different branches of the military that can get involved in war. And we have, uh, you know, the, the uh, joint chiefs of staff, they all come together. The chief of every uh, aspect of the military come together to make these decisions. And so we, we have to understand that there's wisdom. To get success, you need wisdom and you need strength. And you need safety. And so, this is what wisdom brings to you strength, and it also brings safety. In Proverbs 31, and <clears throat> verse 25, talking about the woman of virtue, it says, Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. Strength and honor. In other words, this woman appears to have it all together, but in a respectable way. Now strength and honor are what she clothes herself. So your clothing is what gives your general appearance to people. And so is strength and honor are her clothing. So she doesn't have to look like a man in other words to look strong. She can look like a woman, look feminine, still be dignified, still have honor. She doesn't have to cut her hair with a buzz cut or something like that and have 15 tattoos to look strong. And this is what the world honors you know you got people out here don't mess with me with that kind of look on them that's not what we're talking about here this is a woman who's strong but is honorable in that strength because then um, a man can safely trust in her because she's not weak and tossed to and fro with what the girlfriends bring her you know to talk about in the evening or stay on the phone for three hours because she doesn't know how to say look I gotta hang up and go cook dinner amen And not get off the phone a half hour ahead of time and run out and get some Mickey D's and try to make it look like a real hamburger. That was free. (laughs) See, there's no honor there. When you're trying to deceive somebody, there's no honor. And so when, when you're strong, you're a woman of strength and honor, you have good self control you know how to cut things off you know how to, to have discipline and stuff like that you don't uh, surprise your husband you know when we went out to dinner it was planned I don't care if you don't like it in fact I'm going to drink some water so you can you can see life for a minute but I didn't play around all day and do what I wanted to do and then at the last minute say oh honey let's go out to dinner they can see through that you're not really fooling anybody when you play them kind of games. You got me? There's no honor there. So strength and honor. Strength is you strong enough to go to the grocery store, you strong enough to get some food that you cook, and you're strong enough to cook it and put it on the table and not complain. Amen. Have a smile on your face when you serve hospitality. So strength and honor are the clothing of a virtuous woman, a woman of virtue. In Psalm 27.1, it tells us that the Lord is the strength of your life. You're not trusting in chariots and horses. You're not trusting in anything except Him and His word. You're not trusting in mother, father, sister, brother, husband, wife. You're trusting in the Lord as the strength of your life. Verse uh, 21, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Well, eh, something they'd even come close enough to you to threaten you, or to make you feel fearful. It says though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. You don't care who's threatening you or taunting you or trying to. T- I don't care if it is your boss telling you you' gonna get fired. Yeah, you, you understand me. The Lord is the strength of your life. Now God will make you straighten up for sure. You got me? He'll let that threat come close enough to you to let you know it's real. If you don't straighten up, you might get gone out of there. But, but he requires, but he will give you mercy and give you another chance to straighten up. God's not big on firing people. He's got too much power. He can do too much with us. We have too much potential for him to fire us. He says, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this I will be confident. So you're confident that the Lord is the strength of your life. He will keep your life. He's the power behind your life. And he won't cause you to lose your life. Psalm 28 verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. You can hide behind him. Now don't feel like you're Superman because you need somebody to hide behind. If the devil had his way, we'd all be goners. He says, my heart trusted in him and I am helped. So when your heart trusts in God, help comes to you. Hmm? Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song will I praise him. Hmm? Says the Lord is their strength and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Mm -hmm. why because he's got a lot invested in us why wouldn't he save us he's not so anxious to let us go into the scrap heap he's got a lot put inside of us that he wants to use to help humanity Says, save thy people and bless your inheritance feed them also and lift them up forever that takes care of everything folks I mean come on now we're his inheritance we're valuable to him we're worth something to him. So he goes through great lengths to protect us and to save us. In Psalm twenty-nine, eleven, the Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Remember Jesus laying down in the back of the boat sleeping while it was filling up with water? I mean, come on now, y'all. We can do this, y'all. <clears throat> we have his spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And we have his word. We have a covenant with him. Everything that he had, we can have. We're heirs, joint heirs with him. And we're God's inheritance. Psalm 37 and verse 9. For evildoers will be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Amen. So those who are, are are not doing what they're supposed to do will be cut off. And God will give strength to his people. Amen. He'll give strength to his people. We'll have an inheritance in God. We won't be cast down. There's a difference between the righteous and the wicked. God sees us as more valuable. Even though the wicked are valuable, but when they come against us, God has to protect what belongs to him. He protects who has a covenant with him. You got me? Now you can intercede for them, for God's mercy to fall on them too. But if it comes to somebody fighting one of his kids, he says he'll fight those who fight us. That means we can go somewhere and shut up, not have to argue, have the last word, put a lot <laughs> <laughs> we get in more trouble with our mouths trying to defend ourselves, you know it's just more for God to have to clean up and and fix up after we get through with it, but you could hold your peace, and God will come for you He'll come for your no words, just like he comes for your words he'll come for your few words in psalm forty six verse one God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. You think God's not there because you got trouble? He's right there. Because you got trouble. Uh Huh? I can remember, you know, one of those situations where you feel like you've taken crap long enough. And I was nose to nose with my husband (laughs) in the middle of the living room. Where there's lots of room. (laughs) <laughs> Take your earrings off. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What it is, I'm not backing down. I feel like being weak, humble, nothing. And I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit swirling around. <laughs> it's like no you ain't. No you ain't. And then the the dog was upset. And it's like, no you ain't. No you ain't. (laughs) So he's a present help in your trouble. You got me? And he will make his presence known to you. Now people think when the Holy Spirit shows up, it's because you did something good. He's there all the time, folks. Now if you want to get real stupid, he'll get bigger on you. You understand? So if I didn't figure out the back down from that, you got me? So... He's sovereign. You know, what it when you're nice, he's nice. When you're rough, he's rough. Mm-hmm. But he let me know he was not pleased. Mm-hmm. Great manifestation. And it's good to know that that, that power is there to restrain you. Huh? Because if the love of God don't constrain you and you just gonna fight anyway, God is going to the next level with you. so yeah, you're going to the next level, I'm going to the next level. Okay. All right. Why? I'm God's anointed. He's got a lot invested in me. I'm not. Go- He's not gonna let me get stupid and hit my husband and get hit back. Cause that hurts. <laughs> Wee! Oh, laugh somebody. Good gravy. <laughs> that hurts, man. Get a big bruise on your jaw for nothing. Then you still got to go and apologize and be friends, so just cut your your losses early, man. Just you know, just don't be stupid. So, anyway, and back down, go somewhere, sit down, have a cup of coffee, something. So, anyway, so Psalm (laughs) 144.2, verse 1 Blessed be the Lord, my strength. He teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Now, we're talking about spiritual hands, spiritual fingers. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood anymore, okay? My goodness and my fortress, my high tower. You know, you need a place to escape to. And my deliverer. My shield and Him whom I trust, He subdues people under me. Amen. And so God is there to bring it to a, a peaceful and a just conclusion. He doesn't. He doesn't get involved in anything. He's not going to finish, but He provides a refuge for us, a high tower, strength, deliver. Just stay in obedience to God. You don't have to get involved in things in a fleshy way. You don't have anything to prove to anybody. Psalm 18.10 says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. You use the name of Jesus against any trouble. Hmm? It'll stop it, you know. Dead in its tracks. Uh, <clears throat> I've used the name of Jesus many times driving on the uh, mm-hmm. freeway in bad weather. There's always somebody who thinks their their uh, May May Pop tires are you know triple treads or something, and they go sliding across the freeway. Now it's not going to hit me, but that's somebody's kid out there. That might be in a morgue tonight if you don't use the name of the Lord. You got me? And so that name is above every name. It's above accidents, it's above fear, it's above swearing that they do in the car when something bad's happening. You curse, you bring a curse on you. Come on now. We've all learned better than that. If we haven't, there's your truth. Don't cuss when trouble comes. You need the name of the Lord. Get some help coming to you. The Lord, <clears throat> those that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. And that's a beautiful psalm. I love, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a beautiful passage in Isaiah. Isaiah 41. Why don't we go to 40, I think it's verse 29. Yeah, 28. <clears throat> Says, have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, Him, the big one, the one who was here from the beginning, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, He faints not, neither is He weary. So God's never tired. Why are we tired? Because we're doing everything in our flesh. Need to turn it over to Him. Says He's never, neither tired or weary. He says, there's no searching of His understanding. So we just have to understand what amounts he gives us to understand. You just can't. You have nothing to search it out with. You don't have the knowledge to search out God's understanding. You don't have it. So you just have to rely on him giving you what you need. But he says he gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might he increases strength. Now I've seen this. You've seen it. In our healing schools and miracle services. You see, you know, we start out helping people out of wheelchairs and after a while they get up and start walking themselves. Why? He gives power to the faint and to them who have no might or little might, he increases strength. So as they walk under that anointing, he increases their strength. He shall. He says, but they that wait upon it says, even the youth shall faint and be weary. In other words, if you're depending upon natural human strength, it'll give out, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, that serve the Lord, meditate in Him. You're not just sitting there waiting, watching TV, but you're anticipating His response to you. You're focused in on Him they shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles they'll run and not be weary and they'll walk and not faint oh boy i've used that more times than not recently you know <laughs> walk and not faint god thank you for keeping me from falling <laughs> mount me up with wings like eagles renew my youth restore my youth and so he talks about that and he says <clears throat> Verse 41, chapter 41, verse 1. Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. And so God is able to give us strength, increase us, and renew our strength in such a way that it will confound us. He is the strength of our life. He's a saving strength of his anointed. In other words, if you're you're being threatened in any way, physically, emotionally, mentally, he's the saving strength of his anointed. Now, are you anointed? Of course you are. Your words are anointed. As believers, you carry that anointing. You're filled with the Spirit. You're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You have a mission here on this earth. And so God is your saving strength. He will give you strength to get you out of danger, to get you out of harm, get you out of any situation that's distasteful to you. You know, I've been in situations where I felt like I was being detained You know, and I just wanted the conversation to be over with or something. And God just all of of a sudden, somebody will say, Well, you know, I think I'll. (laughs) Cool. You know, I mean, seriously, uh, it's it, I'm not rude and I'm not trying to not be around people. But sometimes it's too long and you know, it's too long and you don't want to. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be rude and you don't want to be abrupt. And sometimes you can't interrupt some people. You understand what I'm saying? Only God can do that. And so, you know, I'll just say, you know, underneath me somewhere, let God know. God, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to move on here. <laughs> this is getting uncomfortably long or something like that. And and so God will just, you know, disrupt it or interrupt it or, you know, personal be finished or whatever so that you can move on. He saves you, you know. He, he gets you out of even the smaller difficulties of life, you know. Sometimes if if you're detained and prolonged, then you get edgy you get in the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes these things need to be put under God's control a little bit more. And so these are the things folks that that we can trust him in if we learn that that we need his strength and his wisdom, you know, to to control that flesh and get the flesh subdued. So your spirit man who's willing to serve God can be free to run your life. Amen. Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you for blessing us. To be in your presence again today. It certainly is good to be in the presence of God. To understand your word. To understand that we need your word every day, Father. Every day we need you. And we thank you for knowing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God.